Hello and welcome to the brand new Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. Yay! I am Victor <laughs> Marland, coming from the northernmost studio of the podcast in Bonnie Glasgow. And I am Sean Holly, coming now from the southernmost. Oh, you soft southern get. I'm a soft southern get in Lancashire. Yes. Are you right, Vic? You are, yes, you're right. Uh, what? Yes, I am. Now, I'm okay. I'm all right. It's been quite a while since we did a podcast last, isn't it, son? Yeah, you had to move out, didn't you? I, I, I didn't have to. I wasn't being chased away by the government agents or anything. But oh, I no. have moved <laughs> to another country, basically. I've moved from London to Glasgow in Scotland, uh, 405 miles away from my old home, basically. Wow. <sighs> E. E. Is it is it nice? I know it's nice because I've been. But is it, it, is it is absolutely excellent. Um, the only thing I'm having a little bit of difficulty with, and it's very an English thing to say, is the weather. It's been mm. ridiculously, unprecedentedly hot in Glasgow. Scotland is not famous for having good weather. It yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of heat yeah, in Lancashire. We're not used to it. It has been absolutely boiling since we moved in. I think we've had one day of rain. That's it. And it was still hot. Some nights we've had to escape by driving 45 miles to the coast. Uh, we went to a place called Troon a little while ago, a little beach called Troon. That was a nice place. Mm-hmm. Took dog on walk for on the on the on the beach there, like the Shingley Beach. It was lovely and cool by the river as well. By the river, by the sea. It was nice. So yeah, we've been sort of trying to escape places. We've been to the the Highlands a little bit. We've been to Loch Lomond. We've been to Glencoe. And we're really enjoying ourselves exploring, exploring a new country, basically. Awesome. Are you working yet, or are you, st- are you still taking that bit of time off? Oh, God, no. I wish I was. Um, I've been working since July the 5th. Uh, I've right. had one oh, week off since, because I was basically, after the week we moved, which we'll talk about in a minute, I was supposed to have another week off. I asked for another week off, but there were so many people out at my new work, off on holiday, I had to go in. But they did promise me a week off at the end of the month, which I did have, which I just got back off. This week is my first week back at work for a little while. But yeah, I've had a week off as well, which was quite nice. I needed it. I really did need it. But um, work's been fine. It's um, it's a new place. And I worked at the last place for nine years. It's quite a, quite a culture shock, quite a difference. Um, and it seems to be 20 years in the past. Everything seems <laughs> yeah. very old-fashioned. All the machines, there is quite a few new ones. They are upgrading. But the machines I've been on lately are really old-fashioned. I haven't seen them for like 15, 20 years, these machines. And yeah. it's another language as well, because I'm used to using a machine called a Haas machine, which uses G-codes, which is a certain kind of language. Oh, yeah, G-codes. Yeah, yeah, G-codes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very basic ISO standard. But these ones I'm using now are Hydnant. It's a conversational language, which I used years and years and years ago. Uh, and I'm trying to sort of get to grips remembering stuff, and it's all coming back. It's all coming back. But yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, they're quite impressed with me so far, so that's good. Conversations. I'm good at conversations. Not really. So if you need any any language tips, Vic. I'm yeah, what kind, that, of, what kind of speed would you run stainless steel at? What sort of surface speed? Uh, quite fast. There's, there's, <laughs> no. <laughs> there's no. three settings. There's, there's slow, quite fast. So, oof. 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 Put, it, put it on oof. That's what you use on, pl- on plastics and aluminium. Oof. Well, <laughs> I do anyway. Any road, we'll talk about the move and stuff in a minute, but what have you been up to? Well, wow. because I'm currently in between jobs. You mean dull scum? 
Yeah, I've got I've got a new <laughs> job promised when I want it, which is fantastic. Cool, which is well an old, which is an old boss in Rochdale. So whenever I want that, it's a kitchen bedrooms and bathrooms panels business, which. I, I used to work with him 20 years ago. And yeah. it's just weird that he contacted me out of the blue. How are you doing? Well, I'm all right. So we went out for a, a meal like we do every couple of years. And then he said, oh, come and work for me. I said, all right then. So <laughs> I, I might do, I, I might do, I might not. I might see what's going on. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I'm I'm just mucking around. I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission, Vic. I'm on a mission. Oh, yeah. It sounds yeah. ominous. What kind of mission? Of, Is it a biscuit mission? Of, yeah. No, of self not discovery, self-development. I'm on a mission of self-development. So I thought, what can I do to push myself? You know, I've got time. I'm going to push myself. I'm doing a self-defense class. Oh, yeah. Defending yourself from whom? Old ladies? Other people. Krav Maga. It's, it's, the, it's the discipline of Krav Maga. It's very, very strict and tough. And that gets you fit. So as a as a sort of side effect of that, I'm losing weight because I'm doing more healthy stuff. You lost a load of weight a while back anyway. Yeah, but I'm losing even more. It's great. You're a shadow started, of your former self. So as a side effect of that, I started eating a bit healthier. Oh, yeah. So it's not so many takeaways and fatty food. As a side effect of that, I've, I've cut down drinking. So I started, I, I set myself a thing, I set myself a thing, Vic. I said, I bet I can't go two weeks without having any alcohol. And I did it. And really? I did two weeks. But I've carried it on. I, I find that amazing because I've gone without alcohol for three years now. It's never really. I I just got to that stage where I went. I just don't need it anymore. I just don't bother. I don't even like the taste of it anymore. It just so in that in that yeah. um weird, isn't it? In that month, I think month and a half since I've done that, I've probably had two two or three nights of alcoholic drinks, like a four pack of IPA, and that's all I've had. That's and nothing, though, is as it? You, as you can see here, listeners, this is the key: non-alcoholic beer. So you have one of these at night. And your mind thinks you're having a beer, but it's a non-alcoholic beer. So yeah, I'm tricking my mind, Vic. Tricking my mind. I know. I know. Sean Holly normally goes on about a load of old nonsense, but that is a well-known psychological trick. Um, I heard someone on a podcast recently. I think it was Lee Mack, the comedian. He's given up drink, and what he was saying, he was talking to Adam Buxton on his podcast. And he was saying, if you try this, it really works. On a Friday afternoon, you know, you finish work for the week, you go to a pub, you're about to meet your friends and everything. And when you get that first drink, that first cold drink, if you like cold drinks, and you just have a quick sip and you feel amazing. It's like, oh, that is brilliant. It's got absolutely nothing to do with alcohol because alcohol takes at least 20 minutes to affect your system. So even if you have a non-alcoholic drink or just a cold drink with ice in it, maybe, or just sit down and all your your mind relaxes and all those troubles float away for the weekend, that's what makes you feel good. It's nothing to do with the actual alcohol. It's It's a scientific fact. It's nothing to do with it. So what he was doing is having a non alcoholic You're getting really getting into these non-alcoholic beers, and there's almost as much a a movement for these microbreweries doing non-alcoholic beers nowadays, if you like them. But I've gone off the taste of beer even. I prefer sweet drinks like Diet Coke and, well, the new one now for me, Iron Brew. Ooh. Well, I'm on, I'm on a Heineken Zero at the minute, which cool. is a lager. I've, I've, there's a, it's a brew dog nil alcohol IPA called Nanny AF. No, Nanny State. Something like that. Yeah, I've heard of Punk. it, yeah. Punk AF, something like that. And that's really nice. So I'm going to carry on that. If I fancy a drink, I'll just have a couple of cans, but I yeah. haven't done. Why not? It's great. It's great. Also, 
I've done I've been sort of seeing what's out there and I've tried a UI course, a user interface course, which is really designing web pages and okay. web layouts and for tablets and that. I just thought I'm interested in that lot and yeah. and it's okay. It didn't seem as interesting as I thought it would be as a as a job. It might get a bit right. boring a bit quick. But I learned a lot about web style layouts and stuff. Oh nice one. So I'm just trying different things, Vic, shooting different aliens in different faces. I wish I could do that. I'm quite envious of you. <laughs> but with my new job now, um, basically, because I've moved so far away, in my career before, my 30-year career of, of CNC machining, I've always gone around, when I lived in Weymouth, I went around this uh, an estate there called the Granby Industrial Estate. And whenever I got a job, I always knew someone. Or I knew a few people, and then the bosses would know me, or they'd know of me. And you just moved on, and you just moved around a bit for a little bit more money, or you might get a bit bored somewhere, or a bit you know, miffed with someone. And you moved around a bit. And then when I went to London, it was a bit of a, a new thing, because nobody knew me. And I did quite well there. And then I obviously got a job not too far away in London. I had two jobs in London. But now moving up here, it's a completely different country, 400 miles away. They don't; These people don't know me. No one knows me up here. Yeah. So... When I started, I think they didn't expect too much of me. But now I've moved in, and I'm showing my worth already, it's quite good. And I've not got as much on my shoulders at the moment. As not, I've not got as many... Because I was sort of like a section leader before, and I did most of the... I did all the difficult jobs. Anything that came that was difficult, I got it. I was the only person that could do it. So it was always on my shoulders all the time. I was always busy, always busy. This time, now, it's not. it, it feels a bit freer. And even my wife said, I'm coming home in a good mood now. And everyone I work ah, with, I good. seem to get on with. All the Scottish people there are great. And there's actually there's actually two Polish guys. There's a Lithuanian guy. There's a Czech guy. A couple of English blokes. I get on with everyone. There's not there's not a dumbass among them. They're all really nice. <laughs> the inspector's a bit yeah. mad, but in a fun way. Yeah, Madly so I've been sort fun. of getting on like that. And because it's a new a new firm, but it's quite old-fashioned. I'm having to use my brain in ways I haven't used it for years and years and years. And it's it's quite good, in a way. But mm. odd. Yeah, but they, they are trying. I think they are trying to expand. And, and some of the ideas I've been giving them about certain things, they have been listened to, as well, which is quite nice to be listened to now and again. So that's pretty good. I've, I've got two other sort of partial job offers kind of thing like oh if you're struggling give us a shout that kind of thing nice so that's all right as well so i'm, I'm feeling okay i'm feeling okay i've uh i've got, got you know i'm, I'm self-developing <laughs> oh another thing i'm doing as well it's a bit of a, an announcement i suppose is i'm stopping making the vectrex controllers because i was i was going so many of them and it got on top of me a little bit and I'm finishing off a batch now, and that's going to be it for a while and for the foreseeable future. I might start making the NES ones. I might make a Mega Drive one. I don't know yet. I'll keep my hand in a little bit, but I'm just not going to do as many of the damn things. And rather than making them to order and then, you know, have people, you know, saying, oh, when's the controller's going to be done, all this sort of stuff. Can I give you some money? Because I never took any money. I was, you know, took money when it was ready to go. Mm. So what I'm going to do is, because also I haven't got a lot of, I haven't got as much room in this new place as I used to have. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Um, so the room I've got, I'm going to have to use a bit more sparingly. So I don't want to have, as you can see, if I think you can see there, loads of 
Vectrex controllers all over my table where the new table now, I've got two of them. I've got the, the BBCB computer, I've got the PVM there, I've got a monitor for PS3, Xbox 360, Dreamcast. I've got, I've actually got um, a Vectrex out on display to play as well. They've got a 3D printer at the end. I've got all my shelves and that behind me. I've got two arcade machines in this room with me as well. I've got the two um, trim lines in here. And I'm going to start actually playing stuff again, rather than just yeah. sort of looking at it and ignoring it and not doing things. So I'm going to start doing things. So I'm going to have more time to actually play and make other bits and bobs. Things are, things are getting a bit changed. Because of my environment's changed a little bit, things are going to be changed, I think, for the better. Oh, that's good. How's, how's Mrs. Tenpence? Is she she's still working from home? She's working from home. She's had uh, a month off. She had a month off, but she's still working from home at the moment. They do actually know we've moved to Glasgow now. <laughs> Didn't before. <laughs> but it doesn't. It shouldn't really affect her, to be honest with you, because there's not yeah. a lot of face-to-face learning going on at the moment anyway, so it should be pretty good. Oh, that's good. Oh, I see some shenanigans have been going on on Twitter. Yeah. Mr. ZX Michael has been very honest about posting a mistake I made on his on, on his Viper Phase One score. That was the last it, podcast we did two months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. He said Viper Phase One five oh six. So I took it as one point five million, but it was one Viper oh. Phase One full stop five. And, but Mr. Tronads, uh-uh. Mr. The Damnable Fiend, yes. Mr. Tronads, he put a score in. <laughs> He's going to love this, of 1.396 million, when the actual screenshot is 1.196 million. And then, and then, he's put, uh, Ross Ross found it. He's put, Ross Ross is a grassing get. He's dead to me now, ha ha. <laughs> and then he put, he said he did notice what he'd done, it, it, that he'd made a mistake, but he, was go- he wasn't going to change it because he would beat the score. But in the end, he never beat that score. Yes. So, oh. Naughty fella. Yes, big black mark next to his name on our on our list. We have got a list, by the way, and there's a big yes. black mark next to his name. <laughs> oh, this is a little conversation we had in the van because you give us a bit of a hand for a day when we're moving up. Thank you very much. And this is a talk we had because also another little helper was in the van. This we talk about it later on. Um, but you haven't seen a certain amount of classic films. And I can't understand... Well, everyone's the same, aren't they? They've always won, they've missed. Or a few films you've never seen. Yeah, that's a very educational seven-hour van trip, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Fear and Loathing... I don't think... You meant, You might have mentioned these. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas caught up on that one. The Big Lebowski, how cool is that film? It's so good. It's bizarre. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari... Yes. 1929. I found a restored version. Did Did you notice the very odd thing about that film? There's one it's, very striking thing about that film. It's all odd. It's so bizarre. Go on. It's all painted sets. Oh yeah. Very there's, clever. There's no There's no studio. It's all painted sets. And very weird sort of Dr. Zeus kind of weird shaped chairs and stuff. And uh, Is that the Bauhaus art movement when it's very, or it was brutalism? I can't remember. Very, very angular. Everything's really angry. It's a brilliant film. I saw it at um, South Bank Centre a few years ago on a, on a big screen. It's an absolutely amazing film. Love it. You Were Never Really Here. That was amazing. Yes, yeah, good film. Only Lovers Left Alive. That's on your wall, that poster, isn't it? That is really good. That is one of our favourites. 
Yes. My lad who plays Vampire the Masquerade, which is a role-playing game, it was oh, a right. it, is, it is a what is it called? An RP a sort of first person RPG thing, but it's a role playing game and he plays that. And there's a a load of lore about it. There's so much, there's so much fan art and there's thousands and thousands of words written about Vampire the Masquerade. And he reckons the vampires in that only lovers left alive are are like a certain coven, if you will. Right. He he says he's watched it and he loves it because he says it's just like a part of that. Oh, right. I'll have to check that. That sounds interesting. Ethos, Vampire the Masquerade. It's, it's a, he, he reads like books and books on it. Oh, right. And it's like a massive vampire society that's taken over the world. But because we're old gets, we know nothing of this, of what no. them, them kids do. No. Uh, oh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I Did hated you ask... that. I hated that oh, film. Oh, my God. That's bonkers as well. It's boring. I thought it was really it's boring. Sort of, sort of tootles, tootles, tootles along with a good good ending, I think. Yeah, didn't even get through it. I don't think I watched all of it. And then we've watched loads of rubbish films like we normally do, like fighting, like Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson kind of rubbish. Oh, no. Which is, which is good with a pizza and a non-alcoholic beer. No, it's not. <laughs> it's much better without that film, actually. The other the one, have you braved Kill List? No, I know you said it was... I, I can't find it. Is it... Um, I might have to hire that one. I don't know. Is it, it's not on Amazon. It's not on Netflix. You have to get it on VHS tape from Blockbuster. Might be. It'd be £1.75 for a weekend rental. Good. <laughs> so you helped me with the Glasgow move. I moved my life 405 miles, right? Yes. The first Luton van load was arcade cabinets. Get your priorities right. Yeah. I had three Luton van loads to move our life. So that was 2,500 miles. Wife had to hire a transit van to take the last little bits up with us, and we also put some stuff in storage in Twickenham. That's how much rubbish we've got. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, 17-hour days, a whole week's worth of 17-hour days, uh, 2,500 miles covered in the van, in a large vehicle I'm unfamiliar with, and had to use gears, because my I'm used to um, yeah. automatic cars now, and I had to use gears again, which is odd. It was incredibly hard work, and it made me think seriously about the hobby, uh, arcade and console stuff, and what I aim to keep, and also cull soon. I want to get rid of loads of stuff. There are two large reasons why I need to get rid of a bunch of stuff. More on that. We're going to double back after the pickup section. Yes, I've bought some things. Oh, yes, I know. I gave one of my cabs away in the move. I gave uh, an ISIS cab to Ben. Uh, who was also a massive help with the move. He he helped me for a few days. Hopefully, Ben can get that set up with some kind of emulation so he can play along with the arcade stuff with us and some console goodness on there too. I also need to sell another two ISIS cabs and finish off the homemade Atari cab race style machine and probably get rid of that as well because I just haven't got the room here to do it. Uh, PCBs. Um, I've got boxes and boxes of circuit board games. Mm -hmm. Nearly all of them are going to be sold. The reason, I have boxes of the damn things, nowhere to keep them now, and I haven't even swapped one out in a cab as far back as I can remember. Probably years. I haven't actually taken a game out of a cab, put another one in, and played it in years. Because I've got MAME, I've got the cabs that are already set up with games in them that I play quite often. I haven't actually swapped in a PCB for yonks 
So it's an absolute travesty, this. The fact mm. that someone who does have room for these games and can use them and will enjoy them, and I can also get a bunch of money back and the space that they owe me. I have Mister uh, and a bunch of other emulation. I've got Pies, I've got PCs, loads of ways to play games, all on actual cabs with you know cab controls and, and CRTs, so it's almost bang-on authentic anyway. But the only thing is a few favourite PCBs, and obviously the ones in dedicated machines are staying and maybe spares for those, and ones mm-hmm. that will be swapped in and out to those games, similar games, and the rest of them is going to get rid of. Get rid of loads of it. It's, Don't blame you. I know, it's just, I can't keep them anymore. It's just too much and they're not getting used. So they're just going to sort of stop working, because they do, and I don't want that to happen. I'd rather someone else had them. So about two days before I started moving, um, a fellow podcaster, Paul, from Retro Asylum, bought my centipede cabinet from me. I got rid of that as well. He promptly picked it up. Almost as soon as he got it home, it stopped working. Typical. Oops. This was an easy one, though. Um, a little kill switch, you know, the white pulley-out switches that go behind the yeah. doors? That, inside the coin door, uh, is supposed to have a bracket on it. So when you close the coin door, it closes the switch. Because it didn't have the bracket in there, it's always been missing. You just pull the switch out. And what happened is in the in his car, it had obviously taken a knock on, on the road home, and just the, the switches flopped back in. So I'd look around, he sort of video phoned me. I'd look around, oh, it's that switch there. Pulled it out, bang, working again. Brilliant. Then... Another couple of days later, it did actually properly die. He rang me up. Uh, everything was working, but the gameplay. So the monitor was... You could see the monitor was had life in it. The marquee was lit, all this sort of stuff. It was okay, but the game wasn't working. And what happened is that a little while ago when I was playing it, I turned the machine on. There was a thin vertical red line on the screen. So I turned it off, back on again, and it booted fine. So I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was just a glitch. Obviously, something was on its way out. So, Paul gave me about... I, I, I said to him that... Because I was in the middle of the move then. I said, just give us a week or so, and I'll try and get... When I get settled, I'll, I'll have a talk to you. We'll have a look around the cab again and see if there's anything obvious going on with it. So, we, we did eventually got to doing that. And there was nothing I could fix. I said, it must be, it must be a PCB problem. But luckily, um, Superhuman Phil Murray did us a massive favour. Because um, I felt that Paul should have at least had a working game for at least a week when he just, you know, paid quite a lot of money for it. I felt a bit sorry mm. for him. And he was fine about it. You know, he wasn't he wasn't expecting it at all. He understands that these things break down quite a lot. He had he needed a trip somewhere near where Phil lives. So he took the PCB to him. I, I talked to Phil first. He agreed to have a look at it for us. Within about a day or so, he'd only gone and fixed it, didn't he? Oh. And charged the... me a minimal amount as well, which is brilliant. So he's a flipping a... hero. Capacitating. It was diode. no, it was um, some AR logic. One chip that was gone, probably one pound fifty fix, something like that. You know, the usual kind of thing. But it just takes a genius like Phil to find out what it is and fix it. Brilliant. So Paul had it back another couple of days. His son and himself are now happy because they're uh, making their way to removing your and Tronad's score off that high score table. Oh, right. What did I get? I mean, it couldn't have been a lot. 49,000, something like that. More than it? I ever got on the damn thing. Well, what else have I been up to? What I've been up to... I visited Tronad's arcade. It's very nice of him. Burgers and games. Burgers very and games, nice. my favourite thing. Homemade burgers on a big round barbecue thing in the garden. So tell me what cabs he's got. He's got a couple of candy cabs, hasn't he? 
Yeah, candy cab, horizontal, vertical. Another candy cab with an arcade SD in it. You know that that mm-hmm. clay clay cowgirl thing. Yeah, it's a good one. That is. It's got a Puckman, Crystal Castles, a Robotron, a Centipede. Oh, I'm trying to remember now. You know what my memory's like. Mm. What was that one there, Vic? As you just turn in, what was that one? Is it, is building a DDR Revolution? Nearly is. Building a virtual pinball. Oh right, wash, washing machine. Oh, what no was that like? That's all right. It's decent. Cut the credits. Game yeah. On that. yeah. Not many, but loads of buttons. But you can't play. It's really weird. Round and round. And oh god, no! What's the other one? Has he got a defender or something? No, not a defender. Robotron. Yeah, Robotron. Did I say Robotron? No. Yeah, that Robotron. Oh, that's a nice little set he's got there. Centipede. You said centipede. Crystal Castle. Said that. That's it, I think. Oh, I've nice. Missed, definitely missed one. What was the occasion? Just Saturday. It's just Saturday. Just so, a Saturday, yeah. So he lives under a bridge, yeah? No. Being a troll and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very nice of him. He had a great night with uh, Mr. Happy Dude, Mr. Charlie Farm, me. Cool. Sounds all right. Get together. Aye. Oh, I've been fixing some PCBs last weekend. I actually fixed some myself, eh? So I was checking through some of these PCBs. I've been down to London last week because we had a little event there and we went to pick up some stuff from this storage unit. I'm going to have to go and get back and get all of it soon before it runs out. So I picked up a big box of PCBs and some also some tools for work. And I've been testing them out to try and sell them, see which ones I've got and just test them. And I found one of my Volfide PCBs. Now, right near the edge connector... It's a large custom component package, and it had broken off the wood, actually broken right off. It's got 25 little pins on the bottom of it, little legs, and all of them had completely snapped off. It's like a really easy thing to break because mm. it sticks up quite a bit. It's a bit of a rubbish component, actually. But it's got like, it's a potted component, so it's got loads of bits in it. They've got all that sort of like concrete kind of gluey stuff over it you can't get to, so you can't see what the bits are. And it's mm. like a weird custom thing. So there's no hope of getting another one, basically. It's a custom. So what I did is I tinned the very short broken ends of the component with solder and I attached 25 separate pieces of wire to each, well, to all the legs. So 25 little bits of wire and then soldered them all back to the, the holes on the board. And I tried to do this a little while ago with actually, you know, just soldering the legs back on, but they weren't long enough to hold. So I did it with wires and I plugged it back in again. The thing only worked first time. Oh, I would have, that's what I would have done, to be honest, as well. But it worked. So what I did is, because it was flapping around with these 25 wires, I hot-glued it to the board, because it's, it's, you know, there's, no, there's no connections to, to bridge on it. So I've glued it on there so the thing ain't going to come off again. And that's the board I'm going to keep, because I've got another one which I'll probably sell. But I'm going to keep Volfi, because I do like that game a lot. And it plays different from MAME, as far as I remember, as well. Because certain bits on the game, you can do little cheaty bits where you can get like real good scores real quick. And it doesn't work on main the same way. Oh. So I'm going to keep that one. I do like that game a lot. Real cool. Also, my Donkey Kong Jr. PCB, which is in one of the ISIS cabs, was playing up. It had some glitchy sprites and some dark graphics and lines through them. So I removed some of the socketed chips, gave them a bit of a clean-off because they were quite, they had quite blackened legs, replaced them, seems to have cured it. Stupid old board. But this and Donkey Kong will be for sale soon as well. I'm not going to keep them either. Because I think Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. 
he's emulated pretty good anyway. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Oh, you surprise me because you're into your Kongs, aren't you? If I haven't played them for years, I do like the game. But I mean, when you when you play Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Junior, it's quite a discipline. You've got to sit there and play it for quite a while. You've got to sort of get back into it again. And at one point, I was you know I think I got like two hundred thirty eight thousand was my top score on Donkey Kong. I think hundred and sixty on Junior. Can't remember now, but it takes a long time to get back up to that standard again. If you've been watching Mr. Tagster lately, he's up. To, he's up to like. 400,000 now, maybe more, 600,000. He's doing keep, really well. Keep seeing his posts on Twitter. He's getting, yeah, he's getting really high, higher than that, I think. I think he's on 600,000, so he's on like about level 17. He, he will be kill screening before long, I reckon. He's up to 728,200 level 19. It is. He does He does a Twitch stream. So everyone, if you like watching people play Donkey Kong, have a look at Mr. Mr. Tagster. I've uh, been to, at an arcade tour visit with mr john retro reloader around uh john stewart around blackpool and lytham a couple of weeks ago just to have a look i said he, he lives he lives in the area so i said take me around and let's play all the retro games guess what mick uh, are there any there's none there's none not, the, the oldest game i could see was outrun 2003 at the outrun 2 2003 oh, right. that's the oldest game i could see wow. and then you see all these redemption games. You know Crossy Road, right? You know Crossy yes. Road. You, you press a button and the frog goes across the road. There's another one called Frogger. It but not the Frogger we know of. It does. It looks like a you know more modern version of the layout, but yeah. it's still Frogger. And what you do, it's a ticket redemption game. You press mm. one button and your frog starts going. That's it. So that's basically like that old game on the Atari 2600 freeway. When you chuck, you're a chicken crossing over, but you only had forward and back. You didn't have left and right like Frogger. Now, this is just one button and the frog goes. You can't stop the frog. Oh, so you can't go left and right and backwards with him. He just goes forwards. Yeah, so you've just got to judge. Oh, my it's God, that's so brainless, isn't it? It's so bad. And it's just a t- tickets thing for kids. Nope. Nope. There's a picture there, kids, in the no-show. So if you want to look off, it's not. I don't know if it's licensed to Sega. I don't know. I would have thought so, yeah. Because Konami's the lone frog, don't they? Yeah, sorry, Konami. Anyway, I've been to Whitby and Robinhood's Bay for an overnight stay. That was very nice. Did you have the famous chips there, the world-class chips in Whitby? No. There's a chip shop there. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, the the takeaway magpie, yeah. Yes. There you go. Good, isn't they? Yeah, really good. I wouldn't say the best I've ever had. No, me neither. No. But they're good, 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 good. And I think we're coming to the end of this, what we've been up to. But it has been two months, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. I'm, I'm decorating my man cave. Don't call it that. I hate that expression, man cave. Nonsense. Game room. Right. Ladies Game are allowed in it as well. Yeah, I've, I've got rid of all the crap, cleaned everything up, painted the walls. I'm now just in the process of... I'm printing off a lot. I did a. Can you remember? I had some old t shirts that I used to. I had like a Batsagun one and a Lunar Rescue t shirt. Remember yes. them? Yeah. And I've found the images. So I've printed them out. Oh, nice. And I finally, finally got some printer ink, which is not. It's just terrible the amount of the rip off that is printer ink. Anyway, <laughs> Ooh, I've just printed, printed them off a couple of hours ago. So I've got a few down there. I've got that Walter Day. Because I'm going to put pictures up is what I'm trying to say. I've yep. got that Walter Day, you know, he sent us a 
a big poster saying "Welcome to the Oh yeah, the whole class of, of tw- fame 2018, whatever. What was it? Our arcade Greet- people thing. Greeting card things. That's awesome. So I'm going to frame that. Yeah. And I think that's all I've been up to, which is quite a lot. But you, you, could, you can't just say you've been decorating on an mm. audio podcast. Where are the pictures, you fool? Oh, you better describe them actually being audio and all that. So what... <laughs> Yeah, you just it's... painted. That's it. You, you know, is it you've got black lights and stuff and disco floor? You need a disco ball. You've got to have a disco ball, surely. I've, I've painted. I've got rid. I've put some more neck curtains up because the others were minging. Wow, you well, are they very they, exciting. They yes, I've like, put some more neck curtains up. Hmm. They look like they come from eighteen fifty-two, like doilies on them. So I've got rid of them. I've put some old cons. I've got given stuff away and that. And uh, what else is in here, Vic? Uh, that's it, I think. That's it, fit. That's it, I think, think, kids. And yeah, I'm going to put some posters up and uh, frame some stuff. And well, we want to see pictures when you get it done. Yeah, I might, I might get some of them lights. Get some rope lights. They look nice. Rope lights. Yeah, it's just like strings of LEDs in. Oh yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like fairy lights, whatever you want to call them. Mm. I've got a picture here. I'll put this on the show notes. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. The underground in Stockholm has got an Easter egg. There's a little grate here, and it's got holes in it. It's like a stainless plate with holes in. There's a Pac-Man and some ghosts on there. Yeah. They've actually stamped them out. It's brilliant. Love it. Hello, I would like to know, what are the games you've been playing? A lot. Volgus. Still playing Volgus. Oh, hello. I love it. I don't know if it's actually better in 1942. I don't know. Do you know what? Mm. I, I enjoy it more. Yeah. I, I didn't remember until playing just recently, because I've been playing it on Mister. It's really good on the Mister. Um, how much hard work the silver enemies that come after the first end of level, you know the end level where it stops and you get the bit at the end where you get the little bonuses. Mm. The enemies right after that, the silver ones, that f- they, they, they're just relentless at shooting at you. Horrible things they are. But they're, they're yeah, really I- quite challenging. But I, I really like that game. It's just pure shooting. Love it, yeah. And it's I put I put it on auto fire now. Oh, I don't you... care. Cheating gets. I'm not going for an high score. I'm not going for anything like that. I'm just I'm just saving me old arthritic fingers. Oh look at the vicar. They're all twisted like a little old Ooh. witch who's come out of the forest after Red Riding Hood, but he can't get. She can't get her because she's too quick and she's got all that, that hood on and she's riding. You, you do know that. Yeah, the thing in in Red Riding was a wolf and not a witch. Yeah, yes, but the, did I think you not you got see your folklore the, mixed up there, sausage? Did you not see the adult version? Oh, let's not get into that. <laughs> I really but Volgus, I actually I'm, I'm found angry. a PCB. I've got a Volgus, uh, a bootleg one. Still works nicely. Oh, that's another one I'll probably keep because I do like Volgus a lot. Other games you've been playing? R Type Leo. What's it like? I've not really got into Leo. I like I like the original R type a lot, but I've not really got into Leo. Playing, what was he playing? Pete Hahn recommend Darius Gaiden. I've got a little back, little bit back into me horizontal shooters, and this is, I think it's the best R type because I don't really like the mechanic of the first really? two. Really, but this is, you shoot out the 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 bombs and they come back to you. So they're almost they home in on anything around you. That's all they do. They shoot out the bombs and they come back to you. Two right. balls. Oof. You, you, you can't fire them out and then control them. They come back. 
and while while they're out doing their thing, you all got re- reduced firepower. But it is, I, I think, I'd say with Darius Gaiden, it's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen 2D, and this is as well. It's so colourful, so gorgeous. I really, really got into our type when we did it on the podcast that time, and I had a board of it. I didn't. I always sort of ignored our type, and I didn't realise how good a game it was. And it's one of those games that you can get better at. And I think I got to level like four or five. I was really getting into it, and I, I really enjoy our type. I love the way it looks. I love the way it sounds. I love the way it plays. I'll have to look at our type, Leo. Now you said it's pretty good. I've played it a few times, but never really quite got into it. It didn't quite have that same feel as our type one and two, which are quite similar games. And it seems quite a different game, but it does look a good one. And those uh, Irem are very good at those games. Very good. Yeah, I love the weapons and everything on it. I've also been playing loads of Road Fighter again. I love Road Fighter. Is that rubbish? It's great. Did I give you grief when we did that one? Yeah, it's just a, just a Twitch game. Just left yeah, and right, left like and right. Accelerate, no. decelerate, left and right. Dodge, 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 finish line. Do it again. No. It's great. Sounds like bump oh. and jump and I hate that game. And uh, Mr. Uh, Trollnads, I uh, played Sun Sun on one of his cabs, obviously the horizontal, and I've got right into playing Sun Sun again. Oh, that's a great little game, and that's Capcom at its best. We did it years ago. Yeah, but we did. I'm really also, enjoyed I'm it. also playing this with Auto Fire as well because it's just so easy. You're just a cheating and, get, that's what you are. And all you've got to concentrate on then is the enemy patterns, and they're so clever later on how they trap you in that. Mm. But <clears throat> something else I'm enjoying. And. I've been playing plenty of other games in my vintage gaming system that will be mentioned in the pickups. Oh, Mr. Holly's been picking stuff up. Okay. Some of the games I've been playing, um, as usual, Cubert, Cubert's Cubes, uh, Phoenix, Space Invaders, Scramble, Tasmania, all of these on actual cabs that I own. So some of them are on ISIS Scramble hardware cabs, you know, the Phil Murray Scramble hardware. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm pretty sure on that piece of hardware of mine, the AY sound chips are on their way out because the explosion sound on Scramble gets really tinny and harmonic, like it's a weird sort of bounce to it, the sound, after a few minutes play. I think it's getting warmed up and there's something wrong with it and it, it sounds really weird. It's near eight. It's near eight. <laughs> Is it the Glasgow Air? That's it doesn't doing sound it? good. It's not eight. So there's something going on there. So I might have to just replace the AYs to see what happens to them. I had to do a small AC repair on one of the old ponies of mine as well. Uh, the one with the mister in it, I've been messing around with the ponies lately, and a neutral AC wire flopped off the crimp. It wasn't crimped hard enough. So I fixed all that back, updated the mister, actually plugged the mister into a proper screen and got it on, on the wireless network and stuff, and updated it. Um, so I played Volgus on there again, which is especially excellent on mister. It feels really good. Uh, as is 1942, which I played on there as well. I mm. even had a go on Twin Cobra, which is emulated on there. Well, not emulated, simulated. I don't know what you want to call it on a mister because it's very close. But that is quite a good little game. Not really my kind of cup of tea normally, but I quite not a bad virtue shmup at all. We've done that. We did that on the show, didn't we? Wow, yeah, yeah. That's probably why I recognised it. But I was a little bit annoyed. I'm still not in love with the mister. <laughs> I quite like it, but I'm still love it. I was a bit annoyed to see that not very many new arcade cores have been released on the Mister, and I hadn't updated mine for absolutely ages, probably almost a year. And I did see a few weird Russian games on there, which 
why are they concentrating on trash like that? They're not even, I mean, nothing nothing to do with them being Russian. The games aren't very good. You, you just can't tell what they're doing. They're not, they're not great games. So why are they concentrating on those and not classic games or, or good games? I'm not sure why they're doing that. I'm still trying without success to get an arcade core to auto-boot on it as well. But I know it's possible because I've been in contact with a fine fellow who has managed to do it. He actually sent me a video of it booting into um, Bubble Bobble, which is a good choice. Mm. Another moan about the mister while I'm here. Uh, there's no shooting sounds on Scramble. How did they mm. miss that? How did they miss that? It's pretty obvious. You can just listen to it in MAME, for goodness sake, or on an arcade board. But a huge bit of praise for mister going the other way. I noticed they had um, Cosmic Allen emulated on there. Ooh. And as you know, and some of the listeners probably do if they remember, when we did Cosmic Alien, Cosmic Allen we call it, I've actually got a wall mount of it. It's a very old 1980 game, is it? It's an old game, 1979, 1980s. Very like Galaxian, and I think it's better than Galaxian, actually. But it uses TTL sounds for the sounds on it, so they're very distinctive. And in main, I think there's only like one emulated sound in there. It's it's quite quiet, that game. But it's got very distinctive sounds. And on the mister, they are almost spot on. I don't know how they've done it, but they've done a really good choice, really good version of it. The only sound that's missing is when the big alien at the end swoops down. He makes a really high-pitched beeping noise. It's really, really loud, and that's not on there. But um, they've done a really good job of it. I was playing Cosmic Alien the other day, and it really took me back. Give me really good thrills playing that. Love it. So they've Ooh. done really good there, really. I was quite impressed with it. What are you going to do with them wall mounts? Are you going to? I am going to keep the wall mounts. Um, I might get rid of one because I've got two Cosmic Allens. Remember, mm. they're both working fully, but one of them has got Cosmic. No, it's got a uh, Magical Spot Two in it, which is a really good little game. I've made a little adapter for it and put that in there. Ah. So I probably will get rid of one because I don't need two of them. And I've got the Ladybug wall mount as well. Remember, which is a brilliant little game. I, I want to get them. They're just stashed away behind me in the wardrobe at the moment. I want to get out and play them again, because I love playing those games. Really nice. Mm. Another game I've been playing a little bit of as well, now as I fixed it, is Volfide. Um, still love that game. I know you didn't like it. I love mm. it. And I got a couple of million on it. I was remembering the little tricks. So getting back into that game, I always wanted to complete that game, because it's only got 16 levels. I think I got to level 9 or 10, maybe even 11. I always wanted to complete that because you can actually counter stop it. So when you get to like 9,999,999, it stops. I always wanted to do that. I always want to complete the game. I think I've got like 6 million before on it because there's quite big bonuses for doing certain things. So I might have to get back into that and try and, try and finish it. It would be nice to finish it. Would be nice. Would be nice, huh? Arcade News. Is there been okay. any news since you've been There's out, There's been some arcade news. Some thrilling news here. Arcade 1UP are expanding into the realm of pinball. Attack from Mars. There's lots of swear words here that I put in. <laughs> Basically, no, 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 no. I'm not a fan of Arcade 1UP stuff at all. And I think they're putting loads of... For, oh, yeah, they're teamed up with Zen Studios, I think. Yes. And they put in some more games in it because it's virtual. Yes, it's not a it's not a physical pinball. Fishtails, Getaway, Junkyard, Medieval Madness, No Good Gophers, White Water. I used to play that. Red and Ted's Roadshow. Never heard of that. Hurricane and something else. So yeah, if you want if if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, kids, 
to pay for Vic to get one of these. Oh, I'd love to smash it up. It's Patreon slash Vic wants a pinball from com. Get there, kids. They they do have some big hitting games there. I mean, they're really, really popular versions. It probably cost them a fortune in licensing to get those ones. But I actually did a a review of this. I, I read a review of it. And apparently the thing is pretty crappy out the box. Um, which is mm. typical of that company. Apparently, it's got really bad input lag on a pinball. That is a no-no. You need it to be bang on for pinball because pinball, you know, being such a technical game. But ultimately, they reckon it's very moddable into a half reasonable virtual pinball table. So it's probably a cheap way of getting one with less fuss, and you can actually make a good job of it. The weird thing about this is the software it runs only outputs the pinball graphics at 720p, right? But Mm. the main inbuilt screen has full 1080p output. In one of the comments of the review, someone said that 1UP always managed to mess up the video on all their machines. Surely they should have worked this out by now. This is the arcade stuff and now the pinball. If you've got a display, which you've obviously paid for and accounted for in your, you know, setup fees and all this sort of stuff in your your budget for making a game, and it can output 1080p, and you're making software that's outputting 720 lesser to make it look worse, why would you do that? It just seems Bonkers. bizarre, doesn't it? It seems bizarre. But what people have been doing is getting these things and modding them and actually making quite a good pinball table out of them. So might be worthwhile doing, but it just seems a bit weird to buy a brand new piece of kit and then start ripping it apart and changing it to make it better. Why isn't it just good out of the box? Hmm. Yeah, it's like the joysticks, isn't it? People change the joysticks almost straight away, didn't they, when they got some of these cabs? Yeah, it, it does bug me, actually, because I, I know of quite a few things nowadays where people are making you know controllers and stuff and these kind of one-ups, and they're putting absolutely junk parts in them. And it's like, to buy the proper bits is not much more money. Why wouldn't you just do that? It's not a great deal, unless you're making billions of them and that makes a difference to your profits. But it's ultimately just put some better controls in because they're going to last longer. And people aren't going to be hassling you when it breaks down. Goodness sake. Mm. Yeah. And this bit, this next article is not specifically arcade, but Jam Hamster has been busy. He did, is he the one that did the curved LCD screen? He certainly is. A hamster of all jam. I follow him on Twitter. Um, we'll put the link to some of his... This is a um, it's a Raspberry Pi blog, and it's some of the stuff mm. he's been using Raspberry Pis for, and he's been done all sorts of wonderful making things. He makes some very shiny things. This is mainly sort of console stuff and, and sort of geeky things, but they're really interesting things he makes. They're really nice. So we'll, uh, an, a tiny Arduino in an old C90 cassette. That's clever, isn't it? I, I can't remember what that does, but he actually put it into a spectrum, closed the lid and pressed play, and it, it did stuff. It, like, loads games from it. It's really Yeah, clever. I'm just watching a video now, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Get, get onto that watch that, people. Some sad news here. Um, this mm. is... Uh, the Museum of Pinball in Banning, California, is closing and all the machines are being auctioned off. I think there's over 1,100 games. There was a bunch of arcade games as well. As a pinball. Yeah, I thought that. I thought they had another whole room of arcade games, like 100. They do, it? yeah, they do. I know people have been there before. This is a real shame, this is, because I was hoping to get out there one day and have a nose round because it's not open to the public, but I think it it might have been... 
for a weekend every year or something, or I can't remember, but mm. I could probably have, you know, found a way in to have a look around there and get, you know, get hold of the owners and, and have a look. But yeah, sadly, there will be an auction off. I think I saw the auction the other day. What a shame. It is bad, that. Here's an interesting one. I had to report mm. on this one. On Twitter. You know how usually Twitter is quite a, a happy place for us, and it's quite a positive place, especially the people I follow? Mm. Well, there's been a so-called gatekeeper at work, uh, or a troll, if you want to call them that. So Alex Nintendo Arcade, who is a good friend of ours, a former co-host on this podcast, and also partner in the excellent Skykip Arcade project from a few few years ago, where him and Whitney put together some Skyskippers, which were believed to be an old Nintendo game, arcade game that was sort of trialled and never never made. It was an abandoned game, originally, basically. And they put together really, really nice cabs. And so what Whitney did is America, Alex did is everything. There was a crossover and there was a big reveal and everything. It was really cool. Mm. So Alex got a rather nice Asteroids Deluxe full upright, Um Nothing outstanding there, because I know Alex has always been after one, because he loves the mirror aesthetics of the game. But mm. this one, this particular one, happens to belong to the son of Led Zeppelin's manager, Peter Grant, who's quite famous in his own right, apparently. So Alex and I were talking on Twitter about getting a Braze multi-kit for it, and a well, well, we'll put it this way, a well-known arcade journalist piped up about not believing the authenticity of the ownership. Uh, this same person also ragged on the Skyskipper project a few years ago too. Some people just can't be happy for anyone, can they? Hmm. Anyway, Ooh. Alex did reach out to Peter Grant's son beforehand, before he even said about it, and found out that the Led Zeppelin manager bought it for his son as a birthday gift many years ago. Anyways, this troll has now blocked me. Uh, for her being a bit of a not-such-a-know-it-all-after-all. Um, I told her it just seems like it was only her who cares about the fact. No one, no one had even asked a question about it. Um, but well, Alex also has the prototype cab for rescue that belonged to the creator Chris Oberth. Maybe she'd like to contest that. Oh, and the fact that I really like sausages. Maybe you yeah, don't yeah. like sausages, Victor. Actually, yes, I do. It's a fact. I love sausages. Ha! <laughs> Take that, you. Anyway, she doesn't know because he's blocked me. Ha ha ha. Yeah, Twitter can be a pretty poor place sometimes. Anyway, enough of that. And more of this. Biscuits with you, biscuits with you, I don't know about you, biscuits with you. Have you ever had an Empire Biscuit? I've had, I had one, but it struck back. He's trying He's trying back. What's that? What's that round bush thing? Tumbleweed. Anyway, an Empire biscuit, Sean. It's a huge mm. Scottish thing. Was originally known as the Linzer biscuit or the Deutsche biscuit. The outbreak of the First World War put an end to that, and of course, we ended up calling it the Empire biscuit. The one I had was in my favourite breakfast place, a place called Singleend in Glasgow, and it has a jewel-layered shortbread biscuit with a thin layer of fine jam in the middle. Oof. The top is slathered in water icing and had a small sprinkle of raspberry crumbly bits on top. Oh, sounds fantastic. It was like an angel crying on me gob. 12 out of 10 incredible biscuits. Sean, when you come and visit me, I'm taking you there for breakfast and we're having an Empire Biscuit at the end of it. It was oh, 
really good. Honestly, really nice biscuit. I'll start the car. Yes. I've, I've, I've got some posh Oreos from M&S. Oof. Posh Oreos is what you can call them. Cookies and cream. Oreos are not great. I know you're not a fan, but these were nice. I, I can't remember the last time I had normal Oreos, but these tasted good. So sure. I don't know if better or worse. Oreos are made from dirt and loathing. Are they? Yeah. I thought I could taste something funny. (laughs) Horrible things. Never liked them. What's in Victor's wallet? We don't know. Let's find out, shall we? Ooh. My wallet has taken a proper bashing recently. Four-figure bashing. Basically moving, but these other things... Mm. Can I just get a fanfare on here? Ta-da! Thank you. I bought two more ponies. Yalico. Yalico ponies. These are powder-coated white ones. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows exactly what a Yalico pony is. For people who are not in the know, it is a Japanese arcade candy cap. It is made entirely of steel. Even the monitor's steel. No, it's not glass. (laughs) It's a 28-inch monitored cab. Uh, sit down one and it's damn heavy i bought two of them they've already been powder coated white so they've been um powder coat painted which is probably the best kind of paint you can get from really hard wearing i am buy i bought them for i've got two already gray ones which i just painted myself which are not very good they need do need powder coated one of them i'm going to use for a dedicated mister and the other one for a dedicated console stroke arcade crossover goodness do you remember mm. a few years ago one of the listeners he was also on UK VAC, or was on UK VAC, developed a modular jammer converter for a number of console systems. Remember that? Yes, yeah, Dave. So he sent me one for a review a while back, and I really liked it. We did a review on it. And now, only now, it's been sat in a box for years, I might get some good use out of it. It plays, as far as I remember, it plays, you, you can attach a Saturn to it. Basically, you just plug the Saturn in, plug the controllers into it and I think the, the video into the jammer thing and it just works on a cab works out of the box it plays Saturn SNES NES PC Engine and Mega Drive there's, there's di- different modules I think the I think the Saturn and the Mega Drive one might be the same I know the NES and the SNES one are the same thing and then the PC Engine one is separate I can't remember which ones are now but I'm going to have, have proper consoles in one of those cabs very nice. So we can now go back to what we were doing this or the past few months. So some of the bits were assembling the ponies because they they came sort of partially assembled. Uh, when I picked them up, I had to put the monitors back into them, the, the tubes back into them because they were out you know, being stored at the time. And it's a million screws and bits and bobs of hardware. I need to put them back into them. So starting the pony assembly, there's a hell of a lot to do on them, a hell of a lot. So Hitesh, friend of the podcast, friend of mine, who I sorted out the deal for him years ago when he when I found them for him and he bought four of them years and years ago, was always promised some to me if he ever got rid of them again. And the time came about where he was getting rid of two. So I bought them. Without a hesitation, I bought them. So when Hitesh received them, they were from an op. And they were jimmy-rigged into working, basically, by the looks of the bodges on the AC wire and I've been looking at lately. I've redone everything to be in line with my old ponies. I've been using the ponies as a template for these new ones because they work perfectly. So I've using the AC filter for a start, which was being bypassed before, and making sure all the metal parts are grounded for safety. 
So I fit the AC wiring into the main transformer and then to the separate AC plug inside the machine and also the monitor and switcher. I still need to add the marquee light wire into this, which I've done since then, and that all works. So there's loads of parts need to screw in together, and a lot of the threads need to be cleared out of the paint because it's been painted. So you've got to sort of wind mm. the taps room to make the, you know, the threads properly again. I rewired the speakers and screwed all those parts into their housings inside the, the speaker housings. Installed the light fixture and the light ballast. That works. I rewired the colours for the monitor uh, and the ground and the sink into the jammer harness. Tested the monitor. Nothing. Nada. Dead. X monitor, if you like. After much farting about with checking parts, testing previous repairs and head scratching, I've sent it off for repair. It just didn't work. I think Hitesh was told from the op the monitors were working. This one is not. I can tell you that much. Mm. So maybe they weren't. I don't know. But as far as Hitesh knew, they were. Um, I think he did have actually a, a one working himself. I'm not sure. But it doesn't matter. They, they can get fixed. No problem. The other chassis for the other machine, because there's two two cabs, um, I got mixed up. When I picked up from Hitesh, I was sure it was this one, and it isn't. And Hitesh has sold the other monitors to someone else. So we've done a swap now with the chassis. So we've both got our right chassis. And I'm still waiting for mine to turn up, and hopefully he's got his by now. Uh, hopefully that will work. Otherwise, I'll have to send that off for repair too. I also installed the coin fascia and the coin return mech behind that, along with the PCB holder inside. I've yet to fit the other coin mech hardware even though i'll never use the coin mech in it i i do want it to work inside there i want it to be all sort of fitted together i never use some mm. coin mechs i also have to make some sort of simple card monitor tube bezel that goes around around the tube so you can't yeah. see the bits because like, those plastic beveled bezels that go inside there they always get broken i've only ever seen one pony one that's not broken and that's with the one that's arcade club so only one I've ever seen. They usually get broken. So you just make some cardboard ones yourself. I also need to track down some ribbed rubber matting for the front of it as well, because that's gone. That needs to be replaced as well, where it's been painted. So yeah, I'm getting quite into having them restored. And I've actually made a promise to myself in line with moving here and things getting you know sold and moved on and getting rid of things. If I don't have these ponies up and running perfectly before Christmas, I'm going to sell them. Right. So it has to be done before Christmas. And I've got one nearly there already. So I'm I'm really gunning to get them working. I really want to play them as well. That's the thing. Otherwise, it's pointless having thousands of pounds worth of cabs sat there doing nothing. I want them working. I want to enjoy them. be nice having four together, won't it, really? They do look nice together, mate, yeah. These mm. two are slightly higher because they're on wheels. And I've bought some wheels for my old grey pony as well because it is really handy having them heavy things on wheels when you just want to pull them out because the ponies mm. if you sort of upend them there's wheels on the back so you upend them and pull them they, they have got wheels in the back when you have four wheels on them with locking front feet it's so much easier to move them around and i've got to be really careful with the floors in this rented accommodation as well so yeah we yeah that. i remember that yeah yeah right i have got some pickups say what just hold stop Hold the thought. What's what's going on? But you never buy you. You, you never. Oh, from, oh, actually, I was going to say you never buy anything. You didn't buy anything. <laughs> and I bought some printer ink and some frames and some and some. You shoes. buy some boring stuff, yeah. So what what did you get? And some, I bought some incense, some nice smelly incense. That's nice. Very smelly. I, I, you you give me out of the kindness of your very kind heart. Kindness of my fart. A, and then a, a what? Vec fever. 
Talk and played loads and loads of games. And then... A Vectrex. Stop. Rewind. I gave you the Vectrex. I did not give you the Vec Fever. Did I steal it? No, that's on that's on a sort of semi-permanent loan. Oh, okay. I've got another one, and it's pointless me having two at the moment, but I will need that back before long. Ah, right. Um, it might go missing, that. Mm, try not to let it go missing, because your teeth will also go missing. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> yeah. you're on that new, that new health kick. I might have to hit you with something hard. I'll be able to block it now. I can do a crab car block. <laughs> And I got a Vert Vic Vec stick. Pardon? Explain. One of your sticks came in the post. It did. I gave awesome. you my old little. I had a, a mini one, and had some extra holes in the front where I messed something up. So I thought you'd have that because you needed a decent joystick. Because the one that I gave you with it, an original one, did you fix the spring in it? Because I sent you a spring as well, didn't I? No, I took it all apart and cleaned it. And yeah. The amount of the amount of gunk. It was unbelievable. Yeah, they did get quite gunky. And button, button four was not working right. And like you suggested, move the rubber contacts thing opposite. Yeah, they always so, go. Number four always goes, because that's the one you so use most. Button one becomes button four, but it's still a not not a lot better. So I don't know if it's something to do with the circuit board or... Um, the graphite inside, the rubber graphite, gets mucky. If you clean it with isopropyl alcohol, it'll probably make it better. I did. I, I must have used 25 cotton buds. Yeah, they get pretty minky. But I, I never liked the original Vectrex controller. The only thing I like about it is the fact that you can you can store it on the front of the the game console. You can actually clip it on, and it mm. hides the wires. That's the only thing I like about. It. I never liked those controllers. They they never needed to be analog for a start, and the buttons are too hard to press. Should have had sort of like lighter lighter control buttons really, and they always get manky. I've never liked those joysticks. Never liked them. That's why basically made some for people to, to buy it is really it's a really good stick it takes it takes getting used to because i am used to the the four button layout oh yeah because the, the original vectrex stick has got buttons one two three four left to right in a row mm. and the one i did has got one and two at the bottom at the front and then three and four above in a sort of square pattern mm. but yeah most of the time you use four Three and four, maybe. But if you want to play like an Asteroids game, if you hold your, thing, your left hand at the bottom using left and right on one and two, and then thrust and fire above, it works quite well like that as well. Yeah, I've changed them to stick. I've changed the Asteroids ones to stick. Oh, the, really? The, Ve- the Vectrex is almost a an Asteroids-style machine. There's so many different versions of like Asteroids and what's the other kind of things like... Space Jewel, them kind of things, and Asteroids Deluxe. And yeah, but you've got you've got the Vet Fever there. Mm. Normally, you can't play those. You can play them on Pytrex, which is another cartridge for the Vectrex, which has got a Raspberry Pi in it, and it just uses the Vectrex for the display and the, and the controls. But most of the time, you can't play the arcade games on it. But that that Vet Fever is a special cartridge, and the Vet the Pytrex is coming up leaps and bounds as well. It's really good. So if you've got a Vectrex. You probably can't get hold of a Vec Fever. They're quite hard to find. But Pytrex are becoming really easy to find now. And they're really worthwhile getting. They're very good. Mm. But the arcade games on there, the emulated arcade games, because you arcade emulating it on a proper vector monitor, it works really nicely. The, The emulated games are brilliant on there. So did you get something else the other day as well? 
Yes, you sent me a rotatey box thing. A rotatey box. It's a spinner control for the Vectrex. Yeah. It's not actually a spinner. It's a rotary encoder. So it's got a device on there with a knob on it, and it looks like a Warlord's knob. What it is, when you spin the control, it basically it pulses buttons one and two on the Vectrex. One, two, one, two, one, two, when you move it. And it the game understands what it's doing if you're moving left or right. So it goes one, mm. two, or two, one, I believe. And then the two buttons on it are three and four. So it's basically just a button controller, but with an, an encoder on it. And you use that controller only on port two. That's how it works. Mm. But basically, do you know why I sent you that? To play that wormhole game? No. Well, sort of. You were playing Wormhole, which has been hacked to play with the spinner. It works really... It's a game very like Gyrus, isn't it? It's like a vector mm. version of Gyrus. But basically, that control box I, I did for a joystick controller with four buttonholes. And I did the buttons in the wrong place. Hell. So what I did is I made some little... Um, inserts to go in the back of them 3d printed inserts and i filled the holes in and then put an overlay over the top so if you ever take that thing apart underneath it looks a right mess and i couldn't sell it because it wasn't quite right so i thought what i'll do is i'll fill those two holes in instead of a joystick hole i'll put a spinner in it and i'll send it to you because i I couldn't sell it and they're not worth a lot in parts anyway and i thought you'd like to play wormhole and also tempest and omega race on there Yes, Omega Race works great. Yeah, I've tried that. It's a great that, little yeah. game, isn't it? It's really nice. Yeah, yeah so I thought I'd send you that, give you a bit of a surprise. So I got on that, on, on my wallet, I got Frontier and Big Blue from Mr. Crisp CMP from Vector Republic. Well, I bought Frontier and he sent me Big Blue free of charge. What a guy. What a guy. It, he says it's it's the last one. It was a... Oh, right. It was a US cartridge. It was a... I think it was a Japanese box and a different... Oh, right. Frankenstein one. He called it a Franken blue or something, and a, a UK, a US, a UK. What's the word? EU. EU. An EU, EU instructions, but but it's brilliant. But Frontier is awesome. It's very well balanced because it's got, it's got us in, in it. it. Yes. We're in it, Holly. Yeah, we're in it, are we? We're, yeah. we're two of the bad guys in it. Yeah, but it's. I've nearly rescued all, I got to a point where I nearly rescued all the townspeople. I think there's either 12 or 15 and I got to the bottom row. Yeah, I need to play that again, actually. I, I, I played quite a lot of it at one of the shows we were at and the revivals. I got right into it and it's really good because you've got to, you've got to protect the townspeople and not get them shot, which is a difficult yeah. part of the game. And it's quite a good little bit of it. And then oh, get I, the get the bombs before they blow up or not get hit. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's mm, a very good... I'll play that later. Very good difficulty curve, and it's very well balanced. So I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, and I am going to get all them. I'm, I'm going to do it this weekend. I think get all them townspeople. And guess, guess, guess what else I got, Vic? Guess what else? More, guess. more Vectrex stuff. Yeah. Ooh, what I, have I started I love, here? What have I done? I love, I love Mindstorm. Like obviously, I used to yes. be able to play it forever, but I'm struggling now. I got Scramble, Mindstorm, and Hyperchase overlays from Sean Kelly from America. Yeah, the Mindstorm overlays are probably one of my favourites, actually, apart from the. Lawrence ones, these is UV ones. That's my favourite mm. original one, just a very bog standard one. So I've started playing Mindstorm loads because I used to love it as a kid. And I think I've, I can get a couple of hundred thousand, but I'm... Really? I don't, you got two million when I saw you play that time. I know. I think it's a controller, you know. It's my muscle memory is still... Because on your little square controller, which I think is better... 
but the, the hyperspace, place, yeah. hyperspace is button two, which is just below your thumb, and I keep missing it. But ah. I will get there. But yeah. I think I think the hardest to ever get us to Mindstorm is, I think from memory, is round sixty four. Jesus, have, I forgot to like eleven before. I think you get. The, the four types of baddies, one type of baddie just floats around the place, second type of baddie homes in, third type of baddie floats around the place but shoots a bomb when you, a homing in bomb when you shoot him. Yes. The fourth type of baddie homes in on you and shoots a bomb or a fireball when you shoot him. So the I reckon it's round 64 where you get four of those homing in things. Right. So they all close in on you, the whole screen is full of fireballs and that and you have to group them you go around and round and round and group them really all oh, right yeah and then blast and then keep going and uh, i don't think i'll ever get that far actually i think i will i'll pick it up again cool but i don't think it got any harder than that round 64 and i always remember getting to round 133 oh my god i don't know how many million that was and just switching it off <laughs> <laughs> jesus because the vec fever um records high scores as well Mm. So you actually save your eye scores on it. That's pretty cool. Listener feedback. We got a little bit of feedback. Uh, I think people have forgotten about us, actually, in the two months we've been off, because we don't have that much feedback. First one, Paul Higgins, a good little story. Uh, he's also a UK VAC member Retro Jedi 6074. <laughs> That's the word. Sound, sorry. I don't know what's going to chow, chow. It's not a word. It's a noise. It's a noise. That's the noise. Vroom, vroom. He says... The force is strong in this one. Use the force, retro Jedi ball again. Scrumvick, sorry. I'm going to force <laughs> that beard down your throat in a minute. <laughs> You've missed me, haven't you? Yes, of course I have. Like a massive hole in the head. Yes, thanks, mate. Paul says, Hi, Victor and Sean. Great podcast as usual, fellas. I started listening to your podcast around episode 68, Cosmic Allen Stroke Crazy Balloon episode. I love everything about the podcast. So during the last few months, I decided to go back to podcast one and catch up with the others I missed. You guys are definitely the best arcade podcast out there by far. <laughs> oh, shucks. My arcade history stems back to when I was about seven or eight, 1982-1983, and my poor older brother David, who was four years older than me, was ordered by my mum to look after me at the weekends whenever he went out. So I used to just tag around with him and his friends around Tottenham, North London area, and little did I know at the time, going out with him would create the love I have for this day of arcade machines. We were very lucky as he had two arcades along Seven Sisters High Road, one being Alan's minicab office, which had a back room at about 10 to 12 machines in there. I always remember there being a Mooncrest and a Frogger in there, and a Space Invaders cab, and then we would go to the Seven Sisters Arcade, which had even better machines. Defender, Battlezone, Phoenix, Pac-Man. Plus, they had a track and field, and even a Donkey Kong, too. From the first time I went there, I was hooked and begged every weekend to go there and spend all my pocket money, like most kids. I've also forgot that my brother did take me to these places, and so after 38 years, I'm paying back the favour and taking him to Bury in Manchester with my best mate to Arcade Club for the first time ever for all of us for the weekend, as a thank you for what you did all those years ago. We were up there for the weekend of the 14th of August. If you yourself or any of the listeners are up there that weekend, it'd be great to meet up and have a chat. Continue the great job you guys do with the podcast. Take care. I was going to go to Arcade Club. I was going to talk to you and a few others about going there when I had a week off, but just too busy. We need to go there soon. I'm going to mm. come down for a visit not sure when. We need to organise that after we've talked on the podcast. Yes, yes, definitely, yes. Definitely, definitely. 
got Mr. Rygar some feedback. Ground control to Sean and Vic. Ground control to Sean and Vic. Because <laughs> my name that. is David Bower. You... <laughs> is that what he sounded like? Probably. I, I think so, yeah. It's good. It's good that. Are you still out there in your podcast? Hope the eons have passed since the last podcast have been kind to you. The weather in Rygarland has been too hot for video games. It has been as high as 27 degrees C here, which is about 200 in F. In old money. That's because he's in Scotland. It's been too hot here. Ridiculous. Oh, is he Scottish? Nice. Still, I've had had a go at both challenges with a classic and an archaeological discovery at stake. Well, how could I not? I wouldn't say Mr. Do Wild's ride was the best of the do's, but I've had a do. Do, 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 do. But it certainly doesn't. So do, but it doesn't. Yeah. Mm. Learning the patterns takes time and look. I think I got to level 10 in the end. His score is in the score thing down the scores on the score sheet when we read the scores out. With the diamond add into my score, which is 10,000. With rainier weather here, though, do you know how far I could have gone? Maybe even level 11. Mrs. Dynamite was a nice surprise and effectively new game from back in the day. Top, top work on digging that one up. I had hoped to sink some time in it, so updated Groovy Mame in my cab and added the new Miss Diner ROM, but for some reason, probably stupidity, I just couldn't get it to work. I went on holiday for a week and came back, and Miss Dynamite had blown up the house. Oh, now I made dear. that bit up. Oh, now I made that bit up. But wouldn't that be strange? Like a, a fictional character made of pixels blowing your house up. I bet it has happened, Vic, in the past. Maybe. <laughs> and then he found the wrong by accident at the end of his favourites list. Yeah, it always happens, doesn't it? Not in alph- alphabetical order, you see, but at the oh, end. Right. No idea how that one happened. Anyway, while I wouldn't say it's in the same class as Mr. Do, it does have a certain charm. As you mentioned last time, it pr- presages at the games. It presages. What's that? Like a massage? Presage. Pre-ages. Might have spelt it wrong. Yeah, it's, I think it's a nice posh word. I'm going to dig that one. Mm. Like It's like Bomber Man. I like the way that killing three baddies with one bomb gets you an extra woman. I'm not so keen on the barrel shoving, which would have worked better if you could have used it to kill baddies, yeah. Mm. But I suspect there's some other tricks and tactics up there that would really help ramp up the score. I'm thinking that if you used up or destroyed all the dynamite as quickly as possible while keeping the owls alive, are they owls? Are they owls? I don't know. Are they superb owls? They're in a on one of the cutscenes. They're in a tree, aren't they? They might be out. Why? Why would you be bombing owls? They're lovely owls. I like owls. I'm perhaps not playing they, anymore. Perhaps they get on people's nerves doing twisting their heads a lot. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you could use a super bomb <laughs> to kill half a dozen at once for a mega bonus. Time will tell. Hmm. Andrew McCabe. Evening, gentlemen. Really enjoying the podcast and looking forward to each episode. Been listening for a couple of years now, or maybe more. My memory isn't what it used to be. I have a question about the feature you had a while back when you picked top arcade games from each year. I was wondering whether you published a master list of all the final titles. I've had a look at the website but couldn't find one. Maybe it's in a link in the notes from the final episode when the feature ended. I'm asking as I'd love to see what your recommendations were. Many thanks. Keep up the amazing work. Your podcast makes me want to play more arcade games every time I listen. Although I haven't got the room for a cab at the moment. One day, one day I'll get there. I haven't got room for 12 cabs. But I'm mm. still, yeah, mm, yeah, they too take up a lot of room. Well, I did find a link to our favourite games by year. It's in one of the menus on the site. So I've, I've, I gave him a link. Our oh, cool. fave games by year. Nice one. That was really fun doing that bit, wasn't it? Yeah, and I still play a lot of those games. And we mentioned them earlier. I've been playing quite a lot of them again. But I need to delve back in and rediscover some. I like doing that. 
Mm, I do. Yeah, stuff like Pulsar. Games like mm. that. Yeah, I just remembered it then. Mm. Yes. That is good. Yeah, that's good. Friendly shout outs. All right, my shout outs to the lovely Mr. Marlon for the Vectrex stuff. Thank you very much, sir. Neighbor, that. Mr. Chris CMP for Big Blue and all the rest and the lovely, lovely, lovely packaging in them things, you know? Oh, yeah, they're gorgeous, aren't they? His brother does the artwork, he's a, um, a graphic designer. I love that Frontier Cowboy Man. They're That's so awesome. cool, aren't they? So cool. Proper professional. Mm. Tronad, Mr. Tronad, for his hospitality and the lovely burgers. And oh, have you heard that last arcade when we were young? Steve, Steve, press play on tape. Steve Erickson. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a shout out to him. That's so good. I don't know what actually involvement he's got in it, but quite a lot, I think. I don't know if he's singing. Okay. But I, I did offer to sing. As you know, I've got a lovely singing voice. No, no, don't do that. When we were no, young. Please stop. No. Okay. John Retro Reloader for giving me a tour of Blackpool and Lytham Arcade so as as they are there's some new weird strange races and stuff out but you know brand new oh right got, is it by a company called Ice or something like that I've never never heard of them before yeah. took, took photos on my phone if anyone is interested definitely not you can have a look at them yeah. Mr Drumsy shout out to Mr Drumsy who is at this minute working on improvements to the already awesome Sidekick app and I'm helping him with that that thing just grows and grows it's getting really good good isn't it brilliant I got a load of shout outs uh, Ben the artist formerly known as Vip and his lovely wife Kerry they helped with the move uh, Simon Dennison for storing some stuff for me thank you Simon Hitesh for selling me the ponies thank you very much Rich Chunks in for help on some groovy arcades. Still didn't get the silly thing to work. Uh, Chris Chadwick for that Vectrex spring for Mr. Holly that I sent you. He sent me a spring. Thank you. Yeah, I will put it in there. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a do. Phil Murray, Uber Geezer. Uh, Mr. 20 to 5. Uh, apart from the Glasgow lads who live around here, he is my nearest mate now. He's the closest <laughs> to a friend. We met up with him in his lovely home hometown of Carlisle recently, on a really sunny day, as my wife had to nip back into England for a second COVID shot, because it's a different NHS in Scotland, so she had to just nip over the border quickly and do that. Mm. We had a lovely cup of tea and a slice of cake, just like what Wurzel Gummidge would have done. Very sorry, but I don't talk scarecrow language. I was brought up too nice. Very nice. Oh, it's lovely was. Yeah, good. Oh, I've missed these, Sean. Well, it's the quiz. Cue the music. Arcade Master Quiz. As you keep making them so impossibly hard. Yes. I've ramped up the difficulty on this one. Yes. Love a quiz, mate. Right, so there's, I think, 15 quick fire questions. Yeah. Go for it. Fire up me quickly. Go, go, go. Uh, Let me get this. My scoreboard, my scoreboard, which is a pad and pen. Okay. Pad and pen. I've got the pad. I've got He's the pen. He's going analog here, people. The pen is poised upon the pad. Here we go. Number one. First Castlevania game in the arcade, please. Ooh. Versus Castlevania. No. <gasps> what was Haunted, it? Haunted Castle from 1988. Oh, okay. Definitely a Castlevania game has been has been recognised so by Konami when, as a Castlevania When game. was Castlevania on the Play Choice 10 out then? Mm. 1987. 
That's before. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Do I get one point, Sean? Uh, what have I done? I've already messed this up, haven't I? <laughs> it was. It was I've written 87 and 88. Can, can I have that point and the next question? Thank you very oh, much. Oh, God. God, I feel smug. Right. Name. <laughs> the Bally Midway game with an unusual three-player cab where the action is stacked on top of each other horizontally. You've got three panels, three horizontal panels, on the game, yeah, it's it's a three-player Bally Midway game. Xenophobe. Oh, I didn't yes. think you'd get that. You're God, talking to an expert damn. here, mate. Yeah, damn it. Yeah, what type it. of game is Double X Mission from UPL? It's a plane shooter. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna. I can hear the annoyance it. in your voice. <laughs> All right, okay, you're not going to get this. Two colours in the side art from Sega's 1985 game, My Hero. What colours are those two colours? Blue and yellow. No, blue and white. Oh, nearly. Half a point. No. You cheaty cat. I'll give you half a point, yeah. Yeah, it's a big big sideways Sega logo. You know, like uh, Master System games where they had that. That kind of cross thing, and then the Sega. My hero is a of... dodgy game. Mm. Right, I've lost where I am now. What four cut? Co- what four characters feature on the Puyan US marquee? Four characters: a pig, a wolf. Four characters: mm. a piglet. And a giraffe. <laughs> Three pigs and a wolf. Oh, so I basically got it right then. No, you got the giraffe wrong. That's 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 cheating. What video resolution was Konami's jailbreak? Video resolution. Two four four by two eight eight. Two forty by two two four. Oh, so close. What year was the release of Sega Sega Ski Super G? You love these release years. Sega Ski Super G. What release? What year, sorry? 1996. Yes! That was a total how, guess. Wow. How did you get that, you get? <laughs> right, what CPU did Seawolf 2 run on? Not 1, 2. Seawolf 2. What CPU? Hmm. 68,000. <laughs> No, Z80. No, oh, I was going to say Z80. Dole. I thought it was newer than that. Next question. Space Trek is a Spanish bootleg of which early classic horizontal shoot 'em up? Space Trek? Mm. Uh, Scramble? Yes. Oh, yes. OMG, Mother Hubbard. Right. What You might get this one, actually. What is Samurai Showdown series? What is What is it known as in Japan? Oh, it's got another name. Yeah, Samurai Showdown. It's Samurai somewhere else. Oh. Could it be Samurai Saucepans? I don't know. Samurai Spirits. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Next one. What type of game is No Man's Land? 
It's a a combat kind of game. Tanks. No, yeah, tank. It's got a spinner and a joystick. It's got weird controls. It is a combat. It's a tank kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. You can have that. You can have that. Okay, here's a good one. What is who is the main protagonist? What is the main protagonist in the 1993 Jalico shoot 'em up Psy Battler? A robot. Yep. It's a, it's a mess. You're doing amazingly well. You're looking really annoyed. You, you think you've got Mate. these really hard questions, and for some reason I'm getting them right, and you're like... Right, okay. What exact controls are in the 1982 Gottlieb game Reactor? Trackball. And? One button. No, two buttons. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> You're a hard what? taskmaster. Right, a 1989 Rastan game called Astiana X was developed by who? Ooh. Still Sega. No, Jalico. Oh, okay. What? Uh, last question this. What is the maximum amount of points you can start a millipede game at? You know, it multiplies as you, as you get. Oh, yeah, 16,000? No, 300,000. You can start a game at 300,000. That is pointless. It's a lot of points. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of points. <laughs> well, on that, on that impossible quiz, you got seven and a half out of 15, which is pretty good. Vic. That's not bad. Not bad at seven, all. Seven and one half points. What I need you to do is make them harder next time. I'm going to. Still not hard enough. I'm going to say, what, what, is, what am I thinking now? You're going to get zero of. points in the next one I do for you, pal, by the way. I did last time. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's have a a word from our sponsor. Mars Iron Brew, made in Scotland from Gunders. What else would it be with me being up here? What else would it be? Basically, that orange nectar comes out of our taps. Comes out of the taps, yeah. <laughs> if anyone's not familiar with Iron Brew, I-R-N-B-R-U, it's a fizzy, fruity drink that's consumed a lot in Scotland. You can get it elsewhere, but we drink it a lot here, and I've always liked it. Do you have the low-fat one or full-fat? I normally have the diet one. But you can get normal, which is sugary. You can get the diet one. You can get the extra, which is like a zero version, like the Coke does. And there's also a 1901, which was the original recipe in glass bottles. And it's slightly, it tastes slightly of ginger, that one. I'm not a fan of ginger, but I really like Iron Brew 1901. It's a really nice drink. I think there's an energy drink of it as well, which I'm not too keen on. But yeah, wow. I do like I Iron Brew. Yes. Feature game review. We've got two featured games because we've been off for so long. People can play, been playing these for a while. First one is Mrs. Dynamite. So the info on this game is Mrs. Dynamite. Teehee! You didn't really, you really didn't think I wasn't going to do that, did you? I've been waiting oh, for two months to do that. that. I had to do it. 
Universal 1982. Now, the thing about this game, this is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, a first for the 10 Pence Arcade podcast, as it this game didn't actually get a public release. What about Skyskipper Sunshine? It is thought that Mrs. Dynamite was only released for location test and didn't do too well and was shelved along with a few other obscure Universal games back in the day. Trying to find out anything about Mrs. Dynamite on the internet with the famous Ms. Dynamite, the rapper, the US rapper, being a thing, makes it incredibly hard, basically impossible. However, I came to learn about this game from the Universal Arcade fans page on Facebook. Patrick Samuel had even made a PC version of it using the flyer screenshots and info they'd pieced together about it. I've put a link on the web page show notes. You can actually download this for free. It's a really good little game. It doesn't play the same as this game, but he used it to try and piece together a game, and it's good. So Mrs. Dynamite is a vertical maze game that uses a four-way joystick and one fire button to drop dynamite after you've collected it. The game is apparently on a two-board stack, uh, but it's so rare it would probably disappear in front of your very eyes if you ever glimpsed it. It's a very rare game. I think there's one in the world. And it sounds just like this. So, Mrs. Mavis Dynamite uh, just really hates meanies and loves sticks of gelignite. It's a story as old as time itself. Explosions and that, I suppose. But we've just come to find out they might be owls. Superb owls. So to play this game, it's basically Bomberman. <laughs> it's basically Bomberman before it ever existed. I would lay money down on a bet that the developers of this went on to work for Hudson or Hudson saw this game and used it for their very own mascot game. Could be. It's so like Miss, it's so like Bomberman, it's unreal. So a bunch of meanies, mean owls apparently, chase you around the maze. You start off unarmed but can pick up sticks of dynamite for 200 points each. You can get three at a time, but you can hold up to five, but cannot carry more than five, so don't waste them. These are rather like the bombs on Turtles by Stern and Konami. Uh, The meanies can also push barrels around the maze, rather like Pengo. You can push the barrels around too, but you cannot harm the enemies with the barrels. The meanies can even extinguish your dynamite if they run over it with a stupid barrel. If you get squashed by a barrel, you will lose one of your three lives. However, if a barrel hits you, you can push against it and survive. As long as you don't hit the wall with the barrel, you can survive. Blowing up a single meanie gets you 400 points, then 1600 for two, and so on. If you get three meanies together, you gain an instant extra life, and that's a good thing because you need lives on this game. Basically, the the action stops. Uh, A Mavis Dynamite walks down the level rather like the, what he does in Ladybug, and comes in and sits on the bottom so you get an extra life. There seems to be a bonus that Universal use a lot in their early games. If you run out of dynamite, after a short countdown, some super dynamite turned up in the centre of the screen. This has a longer blast range than the regular explosives. This rings a bell from Bomberman. So when you make an explosion, if, you're in the, if your bomb is in the middle of a walkway, it'll fire in four directions like Bomberman does. If you're just in a normal well, alley, I never just go got up that. And down. You never got the super dynamite. No, I always had some dynamite left. So if you run out of dynamite, you get a countdown. These little circles at the top count down, 
and then it get, it says it says super dynamite and it flies around the screen and ends up in the middle of the screen like a big bomb and you only get one of them but when you get it it produces a really long blast so you can you can take out lots of meanies with it mm. if you leave one meanie at the end of the game for too long it makes a run for it rather like the last guy on pengo or on dig dug you've got to explode them all after four different maze levels you'll treat to a universal craptastic cutscene this shows our protagonist chucking a bomb up at some innocent meanies in a tree, now known as owls, and it backfiring, and the bomb lands back down on Earth. I'm not sure why this happens, but it does. The mm. maze layouts are then repeated. So that is basically the game in a nutshell. It's rather like Bomberman, but rather than picking up like lots of different things, like you can drop two bombs at once, you can drop a really long blast, blast patterns and stuff, it's, it's a, a simplified version of it but with added barrels as well, which is a bit annoying. So what did you... Did you find anything out about the game? Because I watched videos on it and I played quite a lot of it as well. Yeah, you get, like you said, you get multiple points of more than one monster at a time. I got 6,400 for something. And What's when that I asked, for? Yeah, that's what happened. I asked, he is Jimmy who's good at it. Yeah, that was for four monsters and you get the extra man. Yeah, woman. Woman, sorry, yeah. Yes. And you, you, yeah, just, I just... The first level is the easiest one to try and group them, so you can get two quite regularly and try and get three. Yeah, but it's, that is a bit of a bit of luck and a bit of timing. But I, I didn't watched, play it long enough to work out how to group them properly. Really, I watched a video last night, and on the very first level, if you do some, if you move in a certain way, I think you go left, stop for a few seconds, come down, go left, go down, stop for a few seconds, come across bomb. You get them every single time. You get an extra life within the first 10 seconds of the game. But I, I recreated it a few times, but I couldn't do it every single time. There is a way of doing that quite quickly. Mm. I think it's just random sometimes where the, where the monsters go. They'll go one direction or the other. If they go the other, you get them. If they go the other direction, you don't. But that was quite an easy way of getting an extra life, and you can get a lot of extra life doing this. Stay out of the way of the idiot barrels. That's the main thing, because they will squash you a lot. And group the enemies for much needed extra misses, is, 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 is. I've never worked. Them barrels, you can push them back a bit, but not all the time. And then you can get crushed on the wall or crushed on the barrel behind you. So I'd, There's a bit of I'd, jankiness near the walls. There's yeah, something going on with the walls. But if, you, if, you're in, if you're in a sort of a corridor and a barrel hits you, it doesn't kill you, it pushes you. But if you push against it, you can stop the barrel and, if, and push it back. But when you push the barrels back, it doesn't kill the monster, which is a bit annoying because it would be... Having a bit of pengo in there would be quite a good little twist to the game, I think. Yeah. And also, if you drop a bomb down and it takes a few seconds to explode, if a meanie drops a barrel over it, runs a barrel over it, it gets rid of your dynamite. It, it negates it, which is really mm. annoying because they can sort of turn the tables on you, especially when they're moving around quickly. If you get three monsters with the super dynamite at the end of the game, you get the 3,200 points, but you don't get an extra life. Ah, with a super dynamite. Oh, I see what you yes. mean. Yes, with the super dynamite, because it's a longer blast. It's easier to get monsters in a group. You don't get the extra life, but you do get the points for it. So I presume if you got uh-huh. four, you would get 6,400 points for it as well. If you turn... If you, oh, this is another thing, right? I, just, I found this out. If you kill five monsters, because you can get as many as eight on the screen at once. If you kill five monsters or more, your ass turns <laughs> into a diamond. Wow. True story. Just wait until it happens. Ask Charlie Farr. He has got a diamond bottom. 
<laughs> yeah, apparently so. So we've got some scores for the game. So the game's quite simple. Uh, I quite enjoyed it, but we've got some scores. Let us take a look at the scores, guys. Ooh. Uh, Pilbo, right down at the bottom, 7,600. One Punch Rap, 8,200. Not liking this one at all, and I like Bomberman, which must have taken something from this. The way the character moves when you hit a wall seems oddly random and very frustrating. Much prefer Wild Ride. Oh, wow. Ross Ross, 11,000 points dead. Best I could do with HRH Moogletron in the way. That's his cat. Uh, Fuss, feed me, you despicable human twit. The cat did look very annoyed in that picture. Mrs. Jimmy, she is Jimmy, 13,200. Ooh. Why spell on a go? Nice. Matt New MK, 13,400 points. Lovely little game with some annoying bits. Those effing barrels. Managed to see the first cutscene, but left it too late to put more time into it. A nice find. Like it. Alan Delta Lima. Don't know why I said it. Uh, no, I sorry. 18,000. Me? Where's my pinger? I lost my pinger. Is it my draw? Oh no, I lost my pinger. It's me. still in Hounslow. Ping. It's in Hounslow. 18,200 points. Exploding Pinball Man, 19,000. Mr. Messi, 19,200. Even with a four-way joystick, the controls are a tiny bit dodgy. Nevertheless, quite a fun game, but it's no Eric and the Floaters. I, I don't know what Eric and the Floaters is. I don't know what that is either. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Next is me, who had a, a, a good run on a game, 25,200. You missed out, Mr. Singy, 22,800. Oh, yeah, 22,800, yeah. Uh, Brian Harabo tipped you by 200 points, 25,400. I think that will do for me. Posted a picture of this high score table. What am I doing? <laughs> Majok, 31,600. Rygar, 40,500. And in first place, he is Jimmy, 46,200 points. He said, annoying, but annoying, flawed, but addictive. Greed is the enemy. Bomberman is an all-time favourite on the PlayStation. Called to play a very early incarnation of that genre. That's a good score, that is, because that is a good score. I watched a video the other night of uh, someone playing it really well, and they got about 64,000 points, so that's not too far off. And it gets really hectic later on. The, the monsters really go for you, and there's loads of them. Good score. Mm, well and Jim. Right then. Uh, ports and sequels. Uh, Mr. Explody Pants. Henpecked husband of Mrs. Dynam. That's not real. I made that up. Mm. No ports, no sequels, because it never came out. Simple as that. Uh, changes mm. and improvements. I have put a bonus for the amount of dynamite remaining at the end of each level. That would be good. Yeah, 100 points for each dynamite not used. That would be good. Mm. Uh, barrels are frustrated and not required in this game. They're really not. Uh, they were overcomplicating an already good game. Here, here, I yes, say. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, Go, golf clap. Annoy. Enjoy. I enjoy it in small doses. Ooh. In small doses, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Fun, I enjoy trying to group the monsters for bonus points. And then I think, what did I get? So I probably only got to five or six. And then you, you just, you're just trying to survive and you can't group anything. You're just running around like a nutter. Yes, uh, enjoy immensely. But games seem to be over very quickly sometimes in this game. Uh, chuck the barrels in the bin. Get rid of them. Can somebody... Please remove them in the code and recompile it for me, please. Just get rid of the barrels. Thank you. 
I really like the Universal had the vision to use a female lead in their game way back in like 1982 as well. But boo hissed them for not releasing it. I think it would have been with a tiny bit of extra work, this would have been a hit. I mean, like Bomberman is huge. So mm. why wasn't this? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I needed a little bit more tweaking, I think. Right. I think we should have a little break now. And uh, let's let's just put some tunes in. And we're back to do another featured game, Sean. What is it? Featured game review two. Mr. Do's Wild Ride. Before you go any further, how Mm. wild is it? Insane. Crazy. On on a a scale of one to... It's... Oh, my good grief. Look at those coasters. Oh, that's quite wild. Yes. Carry on, sir. It's the second sequel to Mr. Do, following on from Mr. Do's Castle, or called Versus the Unicorns in Asia. A year earlier, the main CPU, these are the ones you want, the main ones, you don't want the non-main ones. Three times Z80s at 4 megahertz, four sound chips, Texas Instruments SN76496, four sound chips. Screen resolution's a bit of a weird one, not many games have this, 240 by 192, control is a four-way stick and one button to sprint or dash. And it sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Standard kind of universal sounds. Good. I was going to do a very, very funny backstory, because you know my backstories are so funny and cohesive, aren't they, Vic? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, they are nodding. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. But this this is quite refreshing. It, does, it doesn't have a backstory. There's, no, there's nothing on the flyer. There's nothing I can find. It's just, you're on a roller coaster, dodge stuff. Yeah, why, and, uh, why is a clowner a clown on a roller coaster? I, mean, don't, I, mean, I, don't mean, I don't mean just a clown riding on a roller coaster. I mean a clown on a roller coaster ride getting in the way of the crazy cars trying to kill him. It's wild. It's, yeah, oh, that's, that's what it is. It's wild it's ride, isn't wild it? Wild ride. Yes. Right, this is how you play it, kids. Are you ready? It's a platform game, it is. Kind of, really, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Do has to make his way up from the bottom left of the screen to the top right. Easy, right? No, he's not. He's on a roller coaster track and must dodge the oncoming coasters as the track twists and turns its way up the screen. He can go up little ladders littered through each scene. I like I like games work that they call them scenes instead of levels or yeah. boards or yeah. sheets. Universal like- very good for that. I like scenes. It's nice, isn't it? So the coasters whoosh past under him. So you can go up a ladder. But they wash past him under, underneath him and they don't knock him off the level. But mind your head, because you can still get hit by the top. And you need your head. You need your head in real life and in this game. Yeah. At the top of these ladders are cherries, and these change what the type of the bonuses are on the top right when you finish the level. These are, can be bonuses points or letter to form the word extra like Extra Life in two, true universal style. There are six coasters to traverse, each with unusual and inventive obstacles to knock out your teeth. He has quite a lot of weird stuff going on. Oh, and Mr. if Mr. Do gets in a tight pickle, he's got a dash button, accelerate, whatever you want to call it, to speed up to the next spot. So he flashes a bit and he runs. But this, however, reduces the time bonus you have left at the end of the level. Yes. There's six, there's six scenes... And I have named them. Oh. First scene, coaster. Yes. St- two, standard, straightforward, write what you need to know. <laughs> number two, 
Toaster. Two slices for me, please. Number four. Number three. Boaster. My dad's stronger than your dad. That's a boaster. It is a boast. Number four. Roaster. Put them spuds in the oven, Deirdre. Is that your, is that your rap name? <laughs> Roaster. Put them spuds in the oven, Deirdre. <laughs> we could write crap rap, couldn't we? Number five is Poster. Put that double-page bros pull out on that wall, FFS. Yes. So poster. And last one, but not least, level six, is Hoster. Deirdre, there's a party to prepare for when you've done them spuds. She's hosting the party. There you go. That's a, an accurate, very accurate list of the scenes. And I've got some points here that I've just screen-grabbed from the flyer because I was lazy. You get one coaster goes underneath you on the ladder you get 100 points yeah if you avoid one coast you get 100 points 500 points for three and then all the all the things that you get at the the goal you get 100 points for a nice little ice cream sorbet you get 200 points for a mochaccino you get 300 points for an umbrella you get 400 points for a wooden sword wooden sword you can play in the garden hit your brother when you were seven a, a dollar bag, a bag of dollars, dollar bag, 500 points, 600 points for a cup, 500 points for the one of the letters that will spell extra, and 10,000 if you are lucky for a diamond. I've only seen one of these once, and then I didn't get it because you keep hitting – you have to go up the ladders to hit the cherries so you don't get hit from beneath, and the cherries change the diamond to yeah, something Yeah, you else. can't not go up the ladder and hit a cherry. I know. Because if, if you get it and see this, the diamond, it does that sparkly noise. Uh, that Universal Games do when the because the, the diamond is another feature of, of Universal Games, and it mm. makes that like sparkly noise, a sparkly noise. <laughs> and when you're trying to avoid the coasters, you've got to hit a cherry, and it gets rid of it. You'll only be lucky if you got that as the last cherry you hit, which is very mm. unlikely. Yeah, you know, I think someone in in the in the the listeners that did actually do that. They got one of the, the things at the end and got the ten thousand for it. Mm. It's very difficult to find. Tips and secrets. Be alert. There's lots going on at once. Grow more eyes if that's that is at all possible. Yeah, get some I, more I eyes. One, one on the side, one on the forehead. Yeah, I don't know how you'd do that, but you perhaps can. This game can be patterned as nothing is random, although I have read on some web chats on the deep dark web that this may change when you get way into the game. It may not be random, uh, patterned, patternable forever, but it may yeah, be. Yeah, I would have thought so. It probably speeds up quite considerably. What do you think of graphics and sound, Vic? Lovely and colourful. I like the fact when you do uh, a level, it does a colour cycle. So everything stays still, but it looks like it's animated because it, it, they cycle the colours through the different parts. They change colours. The, the background wobbles very slightly. It does slightly. wobble a little bit, yes. It looks, yeah, it looks like something's going on. It does more than it actually is doing. It looks quite good. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, mean, I like the graphics. Universal graphics are great, aren't they, really? The early Universal games are really nice. Yeah, I love them. And the fact you, you're running Mr. Do around is great. Sounds nice repetitive, but it's just about bearable. It doesn't drive you mad, too yeah, mad. not too bad, yeah. Cabinet, cabinet art, it was only a kit. And what I've read, it'll fit all old Universal cabs dead easy, but it will also fit generic cabs as is. What they reckon, I've read this somewhere else on the on the webinars, 1983-84 was obviously when the US had the crash, so Universal didn't want to risk manufacturing a full cab, so they did put this out as a kit. Oh right, because a lot of the because I'm part of that Universal fans page, the the generic cab of theirs was really colourful anyway, and Mister Do always came in that, and I think a lot of their games came in that, 
But that was mm. as far back as 1982 as well. So they didn't do dedicated... The, the dedicated cabs are like in the 70s and early 80s, like Cosmic Alien and um, oh stuff like... Uh, Cosmic Gorilla. Cosmic Gorilla and that all those kind of games. They're, they're really good side art, like 70s sort of... Um, like 70s kind of psychedelic album art covers, aren't they? Cosmic Avenger. I think there's I think there's some together. Last time I went to Arcade Club Leeds, there were those yeah. together. Yeah, they're really nice. really nice. Really but nice. then they went on to do the generic games. Mr. Do's came in these. I think Jumping Jack came in these. A lot of their other games, sort of the, the mid-80s ones came in those. So yeah, mm. they didn't really release any decent cabs then anyway. It's a shame because this, this game needs artwork it, it looks lovely with a clown on there and you know colorful coast it's just great for that sort of thing that's what you'd think it would have on there yeah they did i don't think they wanted to risk the money did they like manufacturing like ten thousand of these and they're not selling yeah well this game certainly wouldn't have sold mm, anyway i've nicked the trivia from mame info but it's good trivia so i'm going to say it here Ocean Software, who were based in the city of Manchester, England, released a home computer version of Mr. Do's World Ride. They obviously decided, however, that Mr. Do name was no longer commercially strong enough to guarantee strong sales. Oof. And instead, they retooled the game as Kong Strikes Back, dropping Nick, Nintendo's ubiquitous giant ape into the game and aiming the, the, aiming, aiming the player with bombs. Arming the player with bombs, so it acts in the same way as Mr. Do's Powerball, so a bit oh, of a different right. game. A, I've put a video somewhere. Where have I put that? I'm, I've lost it. It's there somewhere. It's on, on YouTube. The title to Mr. Do's Wild Ride may be a homage or a homage to Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, an attraction at Disneyland. Oh, right. I see. Well, let's do some scores. Quite a few more people were playing this one than... Uh... Um, Mrs. Dynamite. I think people weren't playing Mrs. Dynamite as much because you needed a brand new version of MAME to play it on. And it mm. wouldn't play on older versions like the Raspberry Pi and stuff, which I think a lot of people are getting into. So yeah, you have to have that as well. So right down the bottom, Henrik Vortman, who's seven years old, got 6,980. And he says it was difficult. And do you know what? He's bang on. It is difficult. Well played. Zestora11684. Uh, me, I got a about 12,000 on it. I'm not very good at this. Not very good at all. So that's me. Hang on, 12,000. Let's just write that down. Somebody else was. Uh, Alan Delta Lima, 13,853. Uh, Ross Ross, 14,737. Best I could do with that silly cat in the way again. Uh, Pilbo, 15,007. Mark Happy Dude, 17,481. Philip Vortman, the second of the little Vortman kids, very nice there playing, 19,857. It was a little bit complicated, but also cool, he says. I could also agree with that. Uh, Exploding Pinball Man, 20,006 points. Weird points, this is, because the counter clouts down in ones, doesn't it? Mm. Matt Neo MK, 20,348. Mr. Do's Wild Ride, a clever, good looking game, but highly frustrating unless you have the time and patience to persevere. Better than Castle. Uh, the Castle is my favourite version. So yeah, so Castle is a really good game. I'm not so keen on Mr. Do itself, but I'll stick with the original, thanks, he said. Old Man Steve, 20,542. Me, 21,227. Uh, John Retro Reloader, 23,383. Brian Haribo, 25741. Don't think st- don't think this counts as a game. Ooh, that's harsh. Ooh. 
Tactical Giles, 26,616. Mark Watno Gravy, he's just got gravy substitutes. 26,758, haven't played until tonight. We should have made an effort to play more as it's really good fun. Michael Vortman, 28,595. Did not know anything about it and now can't stop playing this. Such a fun game. Loving everything about it. Having some great family sessions with it, as we heard the ones playing as well. Yeah, well done, mate. Majok, 29183. Jeremy Riley, 29,919. Mr. Do, why you do me like this? The step up from level two to level three is a bit extreme and making level four was a blessed relief. Sal Bug. 31529. Sorry, but I give this one a big mare. It was kind of charming for the first few plays, but that wore off quickly once I realised I was just following patterns. Yeah. One Punch Rob, 33,186. So far, Mr. Do's Wild Ride, stage four or five with her, with hosses. I saw a diamond too on, on level two. Completely panicked and got killed. The diamond disappeared when you get killed. Mm. I should try the other game. Mr. Drumsey, sidekick, 34882. This is a good one, and somehow the music is not irritating, to me anyway. The family are probably sick of hearing it, though. I'm sure I got a 10,000-point bonus at one point, but unable to replicate it. That'll be the diamond. It will be. Mm. Here's Jimmy, 35839. Who doesn't love a rolly coaster? Bit of a fluke score. Grabbed a diamond on the very last attempt. ZX Michael, 35911. Enjoyed it for a while, but got a bit bored, and learning and repeating the patterns for each level is not good. Mr. Messi, 37075. Mr. Do's Wild Ride. I've played this Kong Strikes Back ripoff before. I really quite like it. But how the Cuba do you get the diamond? Another game that's easy with a four-way stick. I think it's the other way around, then it? It's not a Kong it's not a Kong Strikes Back ripoff. Yeah. It's the other way around. G.J. Harris had a few goes. I was super lucky on first and second level as it dropped a diamond on each stage. Oh, right. Wow. And I got close to goal, so I'd probably have gotten around 20k without those points. But points make high scores as there is no prizes. Mr. Tronads, 45-167. I both like and dislike Mr. Do's Wild Ride. I like the premise of the game. I dislike how patternable it is. It'd be so much better if it was random. 45-167 is best so far, and he double-checked it this time. I should hope so too. <laughs> Louis Wellham is back. 46-064. Ever since my dad introduced Mame to me, I was always, I've always played this game. I guess it appealed to me. It's a roller coaster based timing platformer. Sadly, I couldn't beat my dad. Four, four out of five stars. Oh, nice one. Bill Wellham just pipped his lad. 47-356. Overlooked this game for 20 years. The Church of the Pence made me to play it, and now I'm reformed and hath seen the light. <laughs> a good game of timing and memory, fun to learn, tough to beat. I finally beat the Red Rings of Death and had enough. Ooh. Jason Barber, 47874. I would never have played this game back in the day. It cost too many 10p's after a while. I was playing on autopilot until level 6. Had some luck with a diamond on this run. And our top, oh no, not, oh, second to top, Neil 20 to 5, Mr. 20 to 5, 68,036. Sparkly sounding diamond is the only 10k bonus. Points are really tight on this game. No bonus for all cherries either. Run sparingly as massively depletes a bonus. Ignore cherries in favour of manipulating the extra. Mm. And in first place, he's on a roll, is this lad? Rygar, 81,163. It's a big score. Well done. Well done. It's a big score. Ports and sequels. Uh, this did actually have some ports and sequels. In Japan, the MSX had a version of it. 
Uh, in Europe, Amstrad CPC had its Kongstrikes back, as did the Commodore 64 and the Sinclair ZX Spectrum. And there's some footage of the C64 Kongstrikes back on uh, a link we're going to put in the show notes. It is very similar. Right, changes and improvements. I would make it random. I don't like memory games at all unless they're called Black Tiger. Yes. A, jump, a jump button instead of the dash would make all the difference to me and have the option to climb the ladder to get out of the way of something but not collect the cherries so you don't have to change the bonus when it gets to something you want to get to it. What do you think, Vic? I Almost exactly the same, actually. I, I got so annoyed on the second level trying to do the boat bit because as a boat flops backwards and forwards, and you've got to sort of time it and wait into it. The thing is, if I'd watched a YouTube video, I could have just maybe wrote some notes down and followed that, and I think it would have been easy, but I didn't want to do that, and I don't like patternable games. Mm. I just don't like them. I like to play using your skill and your judgment and your, your reactions. That's how I like to play. That's what games are about for me. And I, yeah, I know, I know it does. It does not taking it away from anyone who does pattern games. It does take a lot of skill to remember the patterns and follow them, you know, to the to the letter every single time. But I just didn't want to play. I, I really liked when I first looked at this game. Went, oh, we should do this one as well as Mrs. Dynamite. I thought this is a really cool little game. It wore off really quickly. I got mm. bored of it very quick. I, I, yeah, I think Trinad is also right. If it was a bit more random. It would be a better game because it'd be more uh, fun to play, and you want to go back and play it again rather than just doing the same thing over and over again. And also, if the ladders were slightly longer and you didn't have to go all the way to the top and get the cherry to avoid something, because I tried to just just creep over uh, or under a, a, a coaster and kept getting knocked off. And the first time you see your clown bounce around the screen all over the place when you get knocked off is quite amusing. But when you keep getting it, God, that's annoying. It's so annoying. Mm, it is a bit. And I don't know what it is. I, yeah, I just, I just didn't like it. Annoy. It's yeah. Memory games are not for me. I, I yeah, think they just get tedious too. quickly. It, it, when you fire it up, it looks really good. It looks really interesting. There's lots going on. Yeah, absolutely. But, but no, I don't. I just didn't didn't gel with me. After I could get to level three, and then I thought, oh, I can't be bothered with this. Same here. I watched the YouTube video and thought, well, I could do that, but can I be bothered to do that? No, but not no. when there's other games to play. No. Next show's game. Talking of other games to play, Sean, what shall we play before we speak in a month's time? It's your well, pick, and I think you've picked a good one. I think this is a stone-cold classic, I think. It's Absolutely. The best four letters you're ever going to see in an arcade game. Because it's only four letters. Can you think of another game four letters better than this? I can't. No, because Tron's rubbish. Oh, Tron, didn't think of that. Gorf, G-O-R-F, by Midway. ROM is G-O-R-F. Lives are three, default. Difficulty not applicable. And the extra is a bonus life. Uh, sorry, yeah, bonus life after mission five on mission five, which is a default. So it's Gorf. Yes, that, that thing. I when I heard it as a kid, I talked in that robot voice for probably three years, and and sort of very, you know, my mum and dad got very upset. You wore them away, didn't you? Those poor people. I had to sleep in the shed, but it was worth it. Yeah. So basically, Gorf is a mixture of games. It's Galaxian. It's Space Invaders. Uh, it's a tiny bit of Phoenix sort of thing. 
Mm. It's a sort of compilation of games all in one package with a really cool cabinet. Anyway, we will talk about that next time. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, You should submit your score for this game to email to the site, which is vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk. You can get us on Twitter at hashtag 10pscore. Or on Facebook as a comment on the podcast post. Uh, get us on Sidekick app as well, or UK back. Uh, the dead sl- deadline for the score submissions is 31st of August, 5pm UK time, please. Have you got anything else to say for yourself, Mr Holly? I haven't. I've enjoyed this podcast. Sorry it's been so long, kids, but we had a lot going on. I did. And it's a- and we enjoy Gore for a month. It's a very good game from what I remember, and I think I played it maybe couple of years ago and enjoyed it so let's have a do at that so good to speak to you good to speak to you again Vic. i'll be playing loads more vectrex that's awesome machine he i yeah i uh i didn't really want to get into it but i am i love it (laughs) good right thanks for podcasting me sean i'll see you again soon thanks for listening bye-bye cheers cheers kids bye you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 